hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from YourTechLife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 91 with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We're here every week, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au if you want to get in touch and find out about the latest in networking for your home or small business. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, lots to talk about. Stephen, welcome. Hi, mate, how are you? Very well. Uh, another busy week and a very uh, Christmassy week because all the tech uh, companies seem to be having their Christmas parties this week and you're representing the blokes because I'm in Melbourne, so I'm missing out on all the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, I'm going to a Christmas party every night on our behalf, Trevor, <laughs> so don't worry. I'm representing. It's tough, but uh, I'm, I'm doing it for us, mate. Don't it's worry. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. And Absolutely. we're here thanks to Netgear. As I say, let's get cracking. Now, something I don't know that we've really put much thought into as, as a society is what time is a good time to go shopping online? Because, you know, you think about retail stores, you know, you, if you want to get there first, you've got to get there early in the morning or, you know, it's just, it's a, it, there's a whole different mentality. And I think uh, it's really interesting to me that when you think about the stats that are available to anyone using a computer, um, and certainly people like Kogan, and this is where this story comes from, Rosalind Kogan, because he knows every minute that someone, someone makes a transaction, he can actually tell us that, you know, people are doing a lot of shopping during the day while they're at work. So it's kind of interesting to think that these kind of statistics are available and kind of interesting to think back on your own purchasing habits and say, when do I buy things? I don't know about you, but I, I think I'm more of an evening person. Yeah, well, I think uh, the, according to you, I'm like you. I think I'd be an evening person too, very late evening person. But uh, I don't know how uh, our employers would be receiving this news, the fact that we're taking time out of our day to shop online, but as Rosalind Kogan says in the story that I published on Tech Guide, he says, "Well, what's better, them a few mouse clicks at lunch during their lunch break, or them hopping off to the shopping centre for a few hours?" Uh, so that kind of puts it in perspective a little bit, sure. the fact that it is uh, that convenience factor. And good to know that most of those transactions are happening while people are on their breaks, like between 12 and 2, we're seeing that. But interestingly, though, the, the Kogan stats do back up what we've always felt is that the evening where we're sort of in front of the telly, we've had our dinner, we're just relaxing, they're the times we tend to get online, get out the credit card and do make those online purchases. And he, he saw that spike, another spike at night between 8 and uh, PM and 10 PM. That's when I. That's when I would sort of help online when the work's done. You can relax. You're, you're looking around for a few things, and that, that's when I normally make my purchases. So yeah, I think those stats hold true for me at least. And that's the second screen thing. It's all well and good for uh, media companies to say that the second screen is all about engaging with, you know, the television program maybe through social media. But really, the second screen is just the fact that we are multitasking these days. We'll sit and watch TV, and we'll be on our laptop or our tablet, and we'll actually physically do different things. You know, you can be watching a whole TV show, but in the breaks, let alone, you know, during the show itself, you can be shopping for shoes and um, comparing prices 
And this is the interesting thing for me, and this is where these stats become really important. It, it should add value to, to nighttime television advertising when you think about the fact that if people are smart, they'll be able to turn that advertising into sales right there and then Absolutely. because that's what people are doing. Well, I think, you know, that the next wave of this uh, online shopping is going to be where during programs, and I'm not talking about commercials i'm talking about during actual reality shows or a drama whatever you yeah you you can buy there'll be a code or something that appears on the screen where you like i don't know a a woman's wearing a a nice dress or something or a guy's got a nice watch on you'll be able to buy that product i think that's that's where we're heading think about the fact that you know you can point your camera at something and it knows what it is the google glasses kind of thing imagine that imagine you could just take a photo of the screen right now and go, you know what, where's that dress from? Where's that hat from? What sort of golf clubs is he using? And using, you know, databases, it basically says, well, Alf Stewart on Home and Away uses a, you know, Titleist or whatever it is. And bingo, you, that's yeah. the product that you can be searched for. It's pretty, it's yeah. pretty awesome to think about nifty. the jets and stuff we can do in the future. Oh, but, but imagine though, trying to do this during like a Bond film, like you'd be, <laughs> can you buy an Aston Martin, you reckon, or a, the Sony Xperia phone? Like it's a, or a uh, Heineken. The... <laughs> what about the, what about the, I mean, I'm I'm not a big Bond fan, but I noticed uh, an ad for for I think it was Heineken, yeah, and it was right. just it was literally an ad that was full on you know shooting. It was like a movie, yeah. and it was just Bond at the end of it. I'm going, geez, what about the commercialization of that? But Absolutely. that's exactly what we're talking. Well, about. Well, that's a big that, that, just on that. Like uh, Bond's normally a martini shaken, not stirred. Now he's drinking yeah. beers. He's on the Heineys now. So uh, uh, Bond for the modern age. Oh, it's gone crazy. So look, it'll be interesting to see whether over the next few months, maybe, and certainly the next year or so, other online retailers start to talk about these statistics because you know Kogan's a smart bike we, we've always recognized that and uh, he's I think he's actually learnt a lot from the early days of being a publicity whore um, to really now turning that into genuine publicity and genuine conversations about the industry um, so he's becoming an industry well, leader which is a really smart absolutely. move for him. well he's got everything to gain out of this hasn't he just educating yeah. people in half that story was the fact how easy it is a few mouse clicks and you're done uh, so yeah I think there, there was obviously a motive behind releasing those stats uh, and I took the bait. I read the, wrote the story and wrote, wrote his, uh, included his quote. So yeah, it's, uh, obviously he's going to be banging the drum about online shopping and of, of course everyone else is following suit. And there's been stories around the last 24 hours of, you know, the, the post-Christmas bust in, in general retail. And now Harvey Norman saying he'll be the last man standing. But, you know, this is a really important time. This next couple of years, frankly, is a huge time for retail companies. Um, not just bricks and mortar, but just retail companies making sure they've got their strategy oh, right. Absolutely. And it's time for some hard decisions. These kind of things. That's exactly right. Yeah. They need to learn from these, these yeah. stats. They need to know their, the, the thing for me is, okay, if you're the CEO of Meyer or David Jones, and clearly you're listening to two blokes talking tech, absolutely. that's all the big we do. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think there's a statistic, Stephen, isn't there, that, you know, uh, 400 of the top Fortune 500 companies listen to two blokes talking tech. This I think that's the hearing. stat. Yes, it um, is. But <laughs> if you're, if you're a CEO and you don't know that kind of information, See, that's the thing. Again, Rosalind Kogan, smart bloke, but he knows that because he wants to know it. And if you're in retail and you're a CEO, you know what time of day people are coming into the stores. You should be knowing what time of day people are opening up the web too. So ask yourself those questions. And even if you're a small retailer, those are the questions you should know because then you can challenge your web builder and stuff to take advantage of those things. So anyway, it's it's an interesting statistic, and you can read more about that on Stephen's story at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Now, I've always regarded myself as a, a man of action, Trevor, and uh, it's good to know that Sony have a, a camera that uh, fits that description, an action cam. Um, and uh, I had a, I reviewed it on Tech Guide today, and this is the sort of camera, brand new category for Sony. On They've made lots of digital cameras in the past, but yeah. they've thrown their hat in the ring uh, where the GoPros and the Contour series have seen a lot of success. So they've decided to enter this space with uh, their Sony action cam. I gave it a bit of a, literally gave it a bit of a test drive. I took it to Hawaii with me, as a matter of fact, and went under uh, under the water with it at Hanuma Bay, did a bit of snorkeling with it, and uh, I, I was very happy with the results. There's a couple of features, I think, that could be improved, but is this the sort of camera that you could find yourself using, Trev? Look, I think these things are really interesting because um, I've used the contours more than anything else. Um, I like the contours because uh, they've got the, the helmet strap, um, they've got a really good helmet mount situation yeah. going. This one's got a pretty good um, mounting system yeah, to set up has, itself yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, I mean, GoPro really do set the market here, but I think Contour have a really unique product with some of their features. So this this product here is probably going to challenge Contour a lot more than it will GoPro just because of the market yeah. size that GoPro has. Absolutely. But what it really says is that this is a ridiculously expanding market. I mean, I, um, I had the Contour Plus 2 uh, recently. Recently, and uh, I, I did a quick write-up on EFTM. We're going to have a full video on EFTM of that soon because my brother-in-law does does diving, uh, proper scuba diving off Manly, and he took it for a video. And it, just forget which product it is. This category is amazing, and the things that people shoot uh, are just amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, whether it's scuba diving or yeah. just you know your, your your cycle commute to work or whatever it is, people are wanting to capture things for memories, but also. Uh, records, you know, so Absolutely. there's this well, whole, there's this whole, hey, that guy cut me off in traffic thing going on. <laughs> so I think Sony had to be in this market. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I call it a, a point of view camera. This is sort of yep. you see what I see and experience what I've what I'm experiencing. Um, just to sort of delve into the actual product itself. Uh, it, is, it is quite small. It, it only weighs 65 grams, so it easily fits in the palm of your hand. What I like about it, too, it comes with a watertight case, so there's no need to shell out uh, added Extra, uh, extras yeah. for the watertight case. Because let's face it, you want to get this thing, you want to go underwater, you want to get in the surf, that's why you want to use it. But um, I, And I found the video quality very good. One drawback, though, one big thing I think they've, they've made a blue with here is it doesn't have image or video rotation. And by that I mean oh, you have to really? hold the action cam upright to get your video upright. If you decide to lay it on its side, for example, or you know, might want to strap it to something, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to then put that video the right way in post-production. It's not like your smartphone where no matter what way you hold it, the image is the right way up. So yeah, I think that's that a that's a bit of a blue yeah. on their part because the GoPro has it, the Contour has it, um, and that's that's one thing that that really sort of stood out for me was the fact that you know it is it is meant to be go anywhere with you, do anything with you, but that that was a pretty serious limitation. I'm not an expert, but I would suggest that is a software feature, so it's quite likely they could um, they could do some work on that with Maybe. a with a firmware upgrade. So we'd have to wait and see how that goes. Quite Price possible. wise, I mean, how's it compared? Yeah, it's three hundred ninety nine dollars. So it's in the ballpark of the GoPro. Uh, the Go. They've just released the GoPro three, which is sort of the the device uh, this the action cam to to own at the moment. But I said in the review, uh, you know, th- this isn't a bad first attempt from Sony. There is a version, a cheaper version that doesn't have Wi-Fi. I've got to add, this has Wi-Fi, so it also comes with a companion app, so you can use the app to uh, actually 
use the smartphone screen as your viewfinder. You can also use it to control the camera and also to transfer video. But uh, it's very hard to do that when you're underwater 100 feet. So I don't think that's a not something you'll be using in while you're shooting, maybe afterwards. But uh, another little thing too, uh, when it's in the, the watertight case itself, I've described this as... Uh, the one of the best features, but also one of the biggest hindrances. We, by that I mean when it's in the case, you don't have access to any of the settings. You can only start recording and stop recording. And even if you wanted to add a microphone, for example, you you need to uh, open up the bottom flap and put a cable in. So you know the external microphone should be okay. But just these little things that you know you're going to shell out three hundred ninety nine dollars for a camera. You want it to be able to do everything you want it to do. Not quite on the money, I think. Here I've given it three and a half stars on Tech Guide. So, uh, you know, I think, like I said, a great first attempt from Sony, and uh, and this is only a category that's only going to get bigger. Yeah, test the water and uh, and see what they can do with version two, which I'm sure we'll um, we'll start to see very quickly. This is not a one year life cycle. This is going to be a product cycle much shorter than that. We'll have to keep our eyes open for that. But if you're into the market for a point of view camera uh, like the GoPro, the Contour, or now the Sony product, check it out at TechGuide.com.au. And as I said at the start of the show, we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for all your home and small business net- networking needs. Now, whether it's bringing the internet into your home through a, uh, a modem or, a, or a communicating the internet throughout your home with router or, or power line technologies, it's pretty amazing what Netgear can do for you. And I think that if you're in the, in the space where you're, you're enjoying two bikes talking tech and you've got technology in your home like a, a tablet computer, a laptop computer, and potentially even, you know, a connected television, you need to start thinking about your network and how it's configured because this dual band networking really does add capabilities to your network that you don't know that you can get, like separating the video and the Skype and your, your uh, video on demand or movie downloads onto one part of the network and your general internet traffic onto another. Those those are the things that Netgear products can do, and you can check out a full range of Netgear routers and products at netgear.com.au. They're proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech, and we uh, expect you to support them as well. Netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. It doesn't feel like that long ago. We were in San Jose for the launch of the, the iPad Mini and um, the, the surprise launch of several other products. And when the iMac, this new, beautiful, super-thin iMac was announced, they said the 21-inch would be available in November and the 27-inch in December. So what surprised me was it's almost the end of November. And luckily, late last night, we got an email saying the 21-inch would be available on Friday, I think it is, and it's, that's cutting it very close to the bone. Absolutely, yeah. Well, they they weren't lying. They said November. It's the last day of November. Uh, there were there were a lot of. I was hearing a lot of reports that that uh, this product, because of the demands of production, was uh, possibly going to slip to 2013. But it's really good news to hear that they they are going to they're true to their word. Uh, our friends at Apple, they are going to release the the 21.5 inch uh, model first in November. Hopefully, uh, probably, can we expect a New Year's Eve launch of the 27-inch? I'm not sure. End of December? (laughs) Well, it's interesting (laughs) because I I contacted Apple because, as you know, I'm going to buy one. And uh, I said, you know, you can't go to the website. You can't order one yet. Uh, And they literally said our system says December. So I'm really hoping that basically on on Saturday I can ring up and start ordering one, even if it's a, you know, three-week delay. 
I want to order one. I want to know what the pricing is for the configuration for these things. And I think that's an interesting thing for me because they, they release pricing broadly at the launch. And I just, the whole configuration, you can't sit down and actually work out what an actual product's going to be when you want to add a bit of RAM and choose yeah. the fusion drive and all those things. So we still really don't know because you can't actually go in and customize those things because this is a landmark product for Apple. You know, it's got the fusion drive, the hybrid solid state and spinning disk drive. This yeah. is a really important product for them. And they had to to launch this thing in November. Otherwise, they would have looked like they were going back on their word, and that is something that Apple cannot afford to do right now. Now, I agree. Now, I think uh, this, this is really going to be a bit of a game changer for their desktop range. The iMac's been a, always been a very popular popular product uh, in the in the Mac range, but uh, I can still remember when when uh, Phil Schiller first revealed this at, uh, in San Jose when we were there, and and the the reaction of the crowd was incredible. The thin mm. edge of the product is just like a uh, like literally a shadow of its former self. It's so much smaller. Yep. I think it's forty percent less volume and and really thin, like half a centimeter edge, five millimeters on each side. Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting. Well, we we got a brief look at it uh, at. Uh, at in San Jose, I'm looking forward to getting uh, a review model to really put it through its paces. Yeah, well, I'll be doing one one step more than that. I'm going to buy one, a 27-inch, to replace my current one because I find it to be a very reliable and a great-looking machine to, to have on the desk. So, and I think I think the look of it is what sells some of these things. Let's not kid ourselves. People buy cars because they look good, they, and they, they will buy computers because they look good. And that's what Apple's nailed, that other companies seem to have just not been able to follow in well, terms of design. I've, I've got the I've got an iMac that's that's now I think two and a half years old. So the, the, these models do quite do have I find quite a long life. They're they're fully yep. spec'd up. They're, they're they're still mine's still very fast and and everything like that. But seeing this product on uh, when it comes out, you, you do think well I may may uh, be tempted to upgrade as well. That's the kicker for everyone, so I'm hoping there's a second-hand market for them as well. Uh, so the iMac, I'd, I'd love to hear from people if you're, if you're interested in the iMac. Is this, uh, is this the time to buy one? Uh, do you think we're going to get it by, de- by the end of December? As you said, mate, uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. I'll get do my, we go, uh, my 27-inch. Yeah, do we go uh, get our spots for the fireworks on the harbour, or do we line up outside the Apple Store? I don't know. <laughs> I'll be waiting for the courier to arrive. Uh, iMac on sale. Uh, this this week, uh, the 21-inch, and uh, I guess apple.com.au is the place to go if you're looking at uh, customising and, and buying one of those yourself uh, in December for the 27-inch. So you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, one, uh, one term we hear often when it comes to our mobile phone plans, uh, and that's bill shock. That is the act of you being shocked when you open your bill. <laughs> Funny enough, that's uh, where it derives its name. And earlier this week, uh, Amasim, funny enough, were, uh, published some results from Macquarie University that, that did a, a quite a, quite an in-depth study at uh, the prices that, that Australian consumers were paying for their capped plans. And they were very quick to point out that most people... Uh, uh, well, on a lot of people, I should say, like upwards of 30% in some cases were paying way over the cap. So, uh, for example, a $59 cap plan, uh, people's bills would normally be around the $73 mark. So it just goes to show that uh, the cap is the minimum you'll pay, not necessarily the most you'll pay. So an Amazim being a SIM-only provider, so it's BYO smartphone, they take the, the smartphone out of the equation and they can thereby offer some pretty compelling 
contract. So if you want to buy your phone up front, you get a decent deal if it's a SIM-only plan. But if you're paying off a smartphone as well as the services on a two-year contract on a, on a cap, you are more than likely going to get a shock when you open that bill. And, you know, it's it, it's kind of like the Kogan thing. Uh, Mason have learned very clearly that one way to get people talking about them is to, is to do research. And uh, some people, some journalists especially, criticise companies for that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I find this to be very interesting. Um, to be able to get real statistics, and these aren't, you know, just Mason ringing people. This is Macquarie University doing, doing studies. Yes, Mason pay for the study. But it's actually good to hear statistics on, on what people are doing because I'm always shocked by the number of people I speak to who are paying over the odds for their mobile phones. And, you know, I spoke to someone today who was on a $29 plan. I said, that's excellent. And I said, how often do you pay 29 And uh, And they said, oh, very rarely because, you know, it always goes a little bit over. And I'm like, this is what I don't understand. You know, you can get unlimited plans for 40 bucks. You can get pretty good plans for 30 bucks. But more importantly, you can actually monitor your usage. And this is my key advice to people is actually monitor what you're doing. On a monthly basis, check your, check your bill, check what it says. And on an ongoing basis, log on to the website of the provider and find out how much you've used and yeah. how much you've got left because you can avoid bill shock quite easily. You can. Uh, you, that's true. And, and I think the, an interesting part of the report that I found was that even people who, uh, who maybe sort of thought, well, no, I need to move up to a higher plan, even people on like caps of like $129 were still blowing their cap. Uh, $79. So across the board, uh, the, the stats show that up to 40% of customers are affected by bill shock. And that added, that extra money on top of plans added up. So cumulatively across the nation in a year, we're paying an extra $557 million. That's a more than half a billion dollars in mm. added costs. And that's through breaking our call caps. So, you know, our added value of calls we break. Overseas calls, breaking our data allowances, calling certain numbers that aren't included in our cap. A lot of people don't realise you can't call one three numbers or thirteen eighteen hundred numbers and things like that. So uh, there's, these are little traps for young players there that can get people into trouble and then result in them uh, opening their uh, their bills and getting that added shock. And look, the last thing I'll say, and again, I learned this from, from Rolf Hanson, the, the boss of Amasium, because he's, he's a good bloke and he loves chatting about this stuff. And, you know, you and I can talk underwater, so he, he, he hates <laughs> having, having coffee with me because I talk for hours. But, you know, the thing about cat plants is this, and I've learned this from Rolf, and I, I'm happy to admit that, that he's the one that kind of taught me this, but the fact is that a cat plan is only good if you literally use the, the $400 worth of included value or the certain number of megabytes. If you use less than that, then you're paying more than you should. And if you use more than that, then you're you're getting stung by the bill that you're paying. So unless you're right in that sweet spot of usage, yeah. you're, you're getting stung. So you, I find you're better off on a low-cost unlimited plan than you are on a high-end cap plan. And I just don't understand why more people aren't doing it. So Absolutely. If it gets people thinking and talking, all the better for it. And uh, Amazium, Red Bull, Boost, there's all these companies out there that do it. Um, just consider your options when you're off a plan um, because – being off a plan is a liberating thing, let alone potentially a very big cost-saving thing. Uh, you can check out the, the, the information about that survey at techguide.com.au. And mate, a few weeks ago, uh, I don't know, probably three or four weeks ago, maybe more, um, we, we mentioned quickly that Dick Smith was starting to sell the iPhone 4 and 4S outright, which was uh, kind of revolutionary because, you know, Dick Smith didn't have the phones outright there before. And 
Uh, interestingly, this week they've announced they've got the iPhone 5 available outright. And outside of Apple stores, I, I can't think of too many other places that you can do that because most places are resellers for the big telcos and they're signing up on contracts. That's right, yeah. Now, this was uh, surprising news today, and, I, and it is from right now. There's selected stores. There's 50 across the country, and I've listed them on my story on Tech Guide. Uh, yeah, so the, it, it's only the 16 gigabyte model so uh, that, that is available, both SKUs, black and the white, uh, and it's selling for $788, which is a, a huge $11 discount from the price at the Apple store. <laughs> but uh, but it is only limited to the 16 gig model, which for, you know, look, look back at the story that we just finished about uh, the Bill Shock and Amasim's SIM-only plan. You know, you, you buy, you've, you've paid for an iPhone 5, $788. You can then spring for an amazing plan and, and there you go. You're, you're on a, you're on a plan that gives you unlimited calls, unlimited text, four gig of data. Uh, these are the sort of deals that people need to look for rather than having to pay a phone off over two years. Uh, if they can grab a, a phone like this and there are plenty of others. Look, the iPhone's not the only one out there. There's a lot of, lot cheaper right. phones for 199, 299, even around that mark. Uh, so, but uh, Dick Smith have jumped in on the iPhone 5 game, and the full list of those stores are on Tech Guide. And I think what's important about that, because it seems weird to some people that Dick Smith will even bother, but you've got to remember, not everyone has an Apple store nearby. Certainly, Sydney's well covered with Apple stores. You've got Chatswood, the city, Broadway, Penrith, Hornsby. It's well covered, but yeah. other capital cities have got one, maybe two. And when you think about Dick Smith, and there's 50 stores, that's a pretty good footprint for Apple to expand the footprint of the iPhone. And essentially, you know, 16 gigs is the cheapest model, so it's an easy win for them. Yep. It's not about the $11 saving. It's, <laughs> it's about the footprint, the retail footprint they can get through that, um, through that relationship. That's right, yeah. Button. There's uh, stores in Northern Territory, Western Australia, South Australia, Rockhampton, all over the place. There are uh, yep. Bell Conan everywhere, Mount Druitt. There is, they're the they're also selling a lot. Interestingly, though, the Dick Smith stores in Broadway here in New South Wales and Bondi here in New South Wales as well, there are Apple stores in those locations. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, there's, hey, if you want to also, save $11, go downstairs. <laughs> down there. There's even the Sydney, the George Street store. Do you remember when the, the iPad 2 launched? Yeah. And uh, people <laughs> were just walking up to the counter at Dick Smith and buying them. People have been waiting all night for them down at the Apple store. Yeah. There's also the George Street Dick Smith store's got them as well. So, uh, there, so uh, there's no. That, uh, <laughs> uh, that full list of uh, Dick Smith stores, you can check out the yarn at techguide.com.au. Now, importantly, uh, a much uh, respected part of this program is uh, is your minute reviews, and yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit more than a minute because mainly because you never go a minute. You're normally a minute <laughs> and a half anyway. So yeah. let's be clear: you've got a couple of minutes this time. But a couple of very interesting products, and the first one, um, a very interesting change in product line, uh, an expansion in product line for a company. Some people would have seen the name, and but maybe not really associated with anything um, high flying because it's really been a, a very um, hardware-style thing that you might see in the odd store, but uh, a very interesting iPad mount product. That's right. Start the clock, Trevor. The company, Sanus, their specialty mounting systems, mainly TV mounting systems, but this week have released an iPad mounting system. It's a very interesting one. It uses magnets. Now, it all starts with a magnetic case. On the back of the case is a magnetic ring. On its own, that can be attached to a fridge or any other metallic object, so you can turn your fridge into 
into an internet fridge by popping a case on and attaching your laptop. Uh, but the other mounts, there's some simple uh, round, just metal mounts that are that just can screw into the wall. The case then attaches to them quite simply. But the ones that really caught my eye were the cabinet and desktop mounts, and they've they've both got uh, articulated arms so that they can be uh, inserted, installed underneath a cabinet, for example, so that you can pull it out, be reading the screen while you're cooking, but 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 still still keeping your desk uh, desk your bench space pretty clear. There's also a desktop version so that you can add a stand to that arm, adjust the arm to the correct uh, height, comfortable height for you to type. Uh, so it's just really, uh, for, a, for a product like the iPad, which is used in so many ways around the home, not only as a browser or email and for apps, but it's also used for things like home automation, home theater control, for cooking, for all these kinds of uses. Having it on hand with these mounts around the home uh, are very quite handy. The case itself is $49.95, and the mounts uh, range between $129.95, $149.95. But if you do buy, there is a set there where you get a case and a couple of other little wall mounts as well. All the reports uh, and pictures as well at techguide.com.au. And importantly, I think the best part about that is the idea of an internet fridge in, on, on, in an instant with your iPad. So great stuff. Um, the other product, mate, um, this is a very strange one. Protecting your sleeves. This is, well, you know, this is, we're getting into summer now, Trevor, okay? So which, what, what happens in summertime? We like to go to the beach, we like to swim, we like to get outdoors. And what, but we also like to take our devices with us. Now, we need to, to pr- protect our devices in these types of environments. And a company called Legend has come up with a really interesting little concept. And they're the Protect Your range of sleeves. So Protect Your, as in Protect Your Smartphone, Tablet. They've come up with a range of sleeves designed for specific devices. So they've got a range for smartphones. They've got an iPhone version. They've got an iPad version, an e-reader version. And they're basically a Ziploc bag, uh, quite a sturdy bag, so it's, it's pretty strong, that you insert your device, zip up the top of the bag, and then it, become, it protects it from things like, obviously, you know, splashes of water, dust, sand. Have you ever dropped your phone on sand at the beach? It goes everywhere. Now, with, with a bag like this, it'll protect it. You go fishing, you're in the garden, even cooking. Like we mentioned before, a lot of people like to use their iPad uh, as a bit of a recipe book so that they don't want to get ingredients and flour and all dirt all, all, all that stuff on their iPad and using a sleeve like this helps you protect it now I did get a very funny email from a reader who saw this story now they're they're $14 for a packet of 10 sleeves and this reader quite it was quite funny he said look you're paying $14 for 10 sleeves I can get I can get 10 sandwich bags for $2.35 but, I can get them for 5 bucks at Scooby-Doo on them too but, but look the, the good thing about this is that you can still use the device while it's in the sleeve, so the touchscreen still works. If you've got an e-reader, a tablet, an iPad, so it's uh, it's look for low cost, bit bit of a low tech solution to protect your high tech device, protect your sleeves. There's uh, fourteen dollars for a packet of ten, and you can see them at techguide.com.au. Well, there we go. Another one in the can, episode 91. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for their support, Stephen. Keeping in touch with everything you're doing at techguide.com.au, except you're not really mentioning and showing pictures from the Christmas party, so we'll just have to use our imagination. Not yet. No, I have got a few pictures up my sleeve, Trevor, but we're just keeping them to ourselves for the moment. All right, you can uh, download us each and every week at iTunes, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook at twoblokestalkingtech.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com, and you can read Stephen at techguide.com.au.